you're listening to the North Peace Roundtable podcast, your weekly podcast about theology and the Christian life. Episode 130, after a few weeks off. Ooh, sorry, yeah. everyone. <laughs> I didn't get any emails like, I'm dying without the podcast, man. No, not even any questions. Not even <laughs> any questions. So uh, thanks for tuning in. My name is Andrew, and with me, as always, is Cameron. Good morning, everyone. Good day. Good evening. Uh, yeah, whenever you're listening. Whenever you're listening. But yes, we, uh, you know, I, I thought about that uh, last night when you texted, being like, oh, man, we missed, but... I'm like, you know what? That's okay, I think. Yeah. Because, or even when you texted last night and said like, so any uh, any ideas for the podcast? I'm like, between writing a sermon and then preparing a class on Revelation, I'm like, my brain, I just got to like have a little note thing open and then throughout the day when random thought, mm-hmm. I got to write them down because yeah. <laughs> Wednesday no, night sure. doesn't work. <laughs> no, it doesn't. So how you been? How's Good. the last been, uh, few weeks been? I had a... Uh, yeah, I mean, a couple of courses I had a midterm due the other day, uh, so got that done. That was oh, man. six pages. How much longer do you have in in your uh, in this in seminary? Um, if I really like, get like if, I, if you it, applied yourself one year, <laughs> yeah, no, I just can't do because I'm also doing a, another program for finishing CPHR, so I can't do two master's courses in one semester and a regular BA oh, course. Man. So I'm just doing one in one. So. Next. And your wife is also doing school. Yep, she's uh, doing a post grad certificate in uh, business management. So I'm doing her homework too. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no, I'm joking. Um, yeah, but you throw in life and kids and work, and so uh, makes for some full weeks. But it's a, it's a. I've been doing that since 2012. So uh, when I wow. first started. So it's been fine. It just becomes a part of life. Yeah. The tax receipts are wonderful for <laughs> paying for school. Yeah. Right on. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So yeah, we have a, uh, <clears throat> what were you going to say? You gonna nope. ask, we were going to ask me about how I am. Yeah. How, uh, uh, no, I'm just kidding. How was your week's <laughs> bachelor life? Yeah. My wife, uh, Molly went on a trip to celebrate her mom's 70th birthday. Wow. So she met uh, mom and sister down in uh, Orange County, down in California, and uh, went on a... The Orange th- County Supertones. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yes, the OC Supertones, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they went on like a little three-day cruise and came back. And so, yeah, I was a single parent from Friday to Tuesday. It sucks, eh? Yeah, it was okay. We like... <laughs> My kids are pretty easygoing, yeah. and like we went to Grand Prairie and went to the trampoline park, and it was funny. I did text Molly uh, uh, Friday because she left Friday morning, so Friday night I texted her one down, four to go, <laughs> <laughs> just to make her feel better. We're having fun, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, like yeah, Queen of the Seas, go <laughs> sail, do your thing, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'll go to Grand Prairie. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> and that's funny because the kids were like, I bet we're having way more fun than mom. I'm like, doubt it, but <laughs> I'm glad you feel that that's way. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, we have a few uh, random topics to cover. We'll see what we get to. Um, but I do want to make a plug for our listeners. It would be helpful <laughs> if you would send us sure. uh, topic ideas or questions. Uh, it helps a lot because, yeah, sometimes we 
just, I guess, struggle to think of what would be things that are interesting for people to Mm -hmm. listen to or like actual questions people have. So please don't uh, feel like, oh, but I don't have anything good. Just email or, or text or message us and we'll talk about the topics you have that would be super helpful Mm -hmm. so what's on your so uh, yeah that's good yesterday i was in a uh, workshop on civility and um respectful workplace uh training from like nine till one and it was it was pretty dry for parts of it (laughs) but but uh and I didn't even have to go, but I thought it'd be kind of weird if that's the one the HR manager skips out yeah, on. Yeah, did you see that Cameron didn't come to the civility? <laughs> In the workplace. <laughs> How to be kind. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. Um, but it's interesting because the world is training on civility in the workplace, like for Christians and non-Christians alike, obviously, or anyone, yeah. walking people through the most basic steps of being a decent human being, um, especially in an employment setting, but... As I was reflecting on some of the the teachings, I'm like, I, I see this in church. Like, I see people huh. who um, get stuck on an idea or stuck on a way of thinking, and then when they're presented with maybe here's a here's a, an idea or here, have you ever thought of looking at it this way? Our unconscious bias sometimes doesn't allow us to reflect on a new idea or criticism, and we often stick to like, nope, one time in one. Uh, pamphlet john MacArthur said this and yes, i'll never sure. yeah, yeah think yeah, yeah. anything different yeah ever and i'm not talking about like salvation related like the, the core foundation i'm talking about like basic everyday things and we've touched on this before yeah but the world is being taught it's not even civil to have that stance in a conversation like you are not good at conversation if or discourse, if you can't unpack someone else's idea, if you're just stuck yeah. on your own thought, <clears throat> and I found it fascinating how I've been guilty of that. I, I see that um, quite far too often. I think where it's just like, okay, man, agree to disagree. It's like, well, wait a minute, wh- wh- why don't we just unpack it for a little bit before you just agree mm-hmm. to disagree? Like, mm-hmm. why is that the out or the loophole that so many people take? Like, cool, man, you do you. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, why don't yeah. why don't we talk about it? That'd be kind of neat. Like. So why do you think it's funny? Cause like I was having a conversation with my parents on the phone last night about almost the same thing. Like, um, we were just talking about, uh, you know, some progressive Christian beliefs that are maybe creeping into certain parts of our family. Right. So ideas of, Oh man, like you're kind of walking away from Orthodox mm. evangelical <laughs> beliefs. Like, that's right. that's kind of interesting and a little scary like but then there was just this discussion of sometimes yeah why do people uh exactly what you're saying like okay well then we're just not going to talk about this cuz it's it's almost like you throw sure. your hands up and like anytime it's like well can you explain what you know uh well then this is just off limits for the sake of peace we're just not going to talk about these kind of things right. and it's kind of like well and i said the comment like anytime and maybe we can discuss this i'm like anytime someone's like well it's not up for discussion i'm not we're not debating it it makes me think like do you just not have enough confidence in your own position to be able to like discuss stuff right like i don't know like but it's it's super hard though because you don't we live in a non-offense um yeah culture where especially in the christian community we don't want to be like i'm not sure if i agree with that (gasps) <gasps> right, <Yeah. laughs> and then especially when the 
proponent or the audience could then maybe question your own salvation or your own understanding of the gospel. Um, I think that if somehow we were able to create a space where it's like, I'm going to throw out some wild ideas because I don't really know. Sure. And, and can we unpack them or, or, you know, if we had that kind of space, I think there might be more fruitful conversation. But I think that even in yeah. our today's like life groups or something, we often go or we think of, well, the person leading the conversation is, is kind of um, almighty, you know, like, or something. So to come with an idea or I don't want to feel stupid or I don't want people to think I'm a bad Christian or right. I don't read my Bible properly. Um, and that's just too bad. I think it's not civil. I don't think it's, I don't think it's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some wild thoughts in the past. Like I, I've had some good mentors be like, Hey, let's tame that back a little bit. But then like some parts of the Bible, I think just don't make sense. Like, and they're not supposed to in our, in our worldview yeah. in a lot of ways, but it's like, it's okay to say like, I, you don't have to rationalize or explain everything. Like we don't know, like in a lot of cases. And I think it's okay to just, kind of go back and forth and at the end be like i'm not really sure um and maybe it ends up being like let's let's disagree and we're still everything is fine yeah yeah but if you start with uh nope we'll agree to disagree it's like well that's pretty lame yeah and then to not even yeah have a conversation or hear another viewpoint and i mean i've seen it done uh well in the past where it's kind of like i've had people I may have shared it on this or I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, you know, you preach something or you teach something and then it's, uh, people come and like, I can, I, I disagree with you. And it's like, can I can show them like my point of view? And it's like, yes, yes, please. Sure. That's great. And it was funny the last couple times it was a like, Oh, I was really nervous coming to like disagree and it might be the whole like, cause you're the authority and it's like, no. And it was, it was really good conversation and they kind of presented their point of view about, uh, the topic and where they thought I maybe, uh, was wrong. And it, and I, we both ended being like, I still believe what I believe. And right. so does that person. And it's like, that's okay. Um, and <clears throat> it was actually like really good. I love having conversations like that. But it's like getting over the, I don't know, it feels awkward to be like, does it because we feel attacked? I'm not attacking mm-hmm. you, but but it's like, no, these are ideas. So, for instance, like we're teaching through um, Revelation on Tuesday nights. It's been awesome. But Revelation is one of those, like there's lots of different ideas, sure. right? And so I've tried to make it clear, like I'm presenting like what I think like, I think this is what it's saying, right? But there's lots of way smarter people than me right. on both sides of the debate over how exactly is it all going to play out? Right. So I kind of presented in my, uh, uh, this is a bunch of weeks ago. I actually don't think there's a rapture, uh, which uh, if, you, if you're listening, you don't know the, uh, the rapture is kind of the idea that, you know, before the end time crazy stuff, all the Christians get sucked out of the world, basically. Mm-hmm. Like that's a very short yeah. <laughs> think left behind. <laughs> they all disappear. So I just kind of shared, you know, I just don't think biblically there's enough evidence for me to actually believe that. Like we walked through some of the passages that people think are about that. But anyways, there was a, an individual that was just like, ah, I don't know, man. I've spent my whole life believing in the rapture and 
but it wasn't like they stood up and said heresy. Right. They asked questions, and it was kind of like, "Can you help me understand?" And they're still wrestling through. Do is Andrew is Andrew mm-hmm. right, or sure. am I right, or is this? And I tried to say, like, listen, if I'm wrong, if while I'm being raptured, I'm not going to be disappointed that I was wrong about the rapture. Right. If it happens, awesome. Like, sure. I'm not going to be bummed, right. but I just don't think it's true. So I think there's, I don't know, are there like ways when people have come to you with either criticism or a different, sure. how do you, how do you handle it? Well, I'm going to get an opportunity soon. There's a, a church in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where the, uh, one of my professors is the pastor. His name oh, is okay. Dr. Casey Church, and he studied um, he studied a, a number of things. He wrote his thesis on um, church ecclesiology and just like the origin of churches. So one of this other class I'm in is uh, the origin of churches, and so we're studying throughout the world. We were in Asia and Latin America last week, uh, this week, into more Slavic nations. But he has a church in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where it is... Um, he is an indigenous person, and so he. <clears throat> the church structure is quite interesting. There's a song and a scripture reading, and he grew up in a Methodist church, and so he. It looks like that, but then at the end, and there's only about 18, 20 people. Um, after the sermon, they take a little break, do a song, and then everyone comes back together after they've had some coffee and collect their thoughts, and then they discuss it right then and there. And they, oh, in the like in the right at the sermon. end, and so it's like you're free to go, you're free to stay, but our community stays and then we all unpack this. So during the service, there's not a discourse or a dialogue, but afterwards, Kate, we're going to do a song, grab a coffee, come back to the circle That's cool. and then talk about it. And then people, so for part of the class, we had to like watch a few episodes and they were all uh, videoed or put on zoom. And it was like, that is going to be quite interesting. So he's like, yeah, cameo up in the coming weeks. It'd be great to have you as a guest. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I only had one other experience, and that was in the downtown east side when I was doing a service at the Anchor Church. And it was <laughs> right on East Cordova with the doors open, and people would, like, they would refuse. Stuff oh, they would talk, like, oh, that doesn't make sense, or and use <laughs> other language. And it, you're really in the moment there. But um, I've had more, um, I don't know, in the last couple of years, more opportunity to just kind of poke a little bit. And sometimes it's senseless and i've had to catch myself where <laughs> why am i doing this yeah, yeah it's yeah, not yeah. helpful right but i do have a couple opportunities and, and seminaries help like just unpack like this doesn't make sense you know what i mean like why would it happen or you, you know you mentioned the rapture and end times and those who'd read the revelation like wow i can see trump and i can put yeah. all these pieces together and i'm like there could be like a thousand more generations. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like you yep. should just plan on passing away from old age or something else before you have to think about the rapture. And like, that's just my own personal, like, because you can see from scripture, like every generation we're in the end. This is it. This like, is it. Yeah. Christ yeah, yeah, is returning. Yeah. <laughs> there could be 10,000 more generations. Like we just like, we don't know. Right. And so to yeah. spend so much time in that space, but that really rubs hard against yep. those who are looking at Russia and, oh my goodness, now conflict in the Middle East and totally now, now Israel's involved. It's like Israel's been in conflict like since <laughs> the beginning. <laughs> like if you want to talk about Israel conflict, arguably they've had the most peace in the last 50, 60 years than ever before. Um, so that's, you know, 
Oh, even when they they gained their independence, like, oh, that's it. That's it. Here Peace. we go. Boom. Seven years. We're done. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, like unpacking some of those things is just fun. If it's a safe space, if it's a, if it's an agreed upon, it's done in relationship. And if both people can be like, hey, we're going to be civil, we're going to poke around a little bit. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's not going to change anything. I don't yeah. think it's healthy to do on a platform, probably not super healthy to do uh, to someone who's not your Christian brother or sister, who's yeah. just going to like... You yeah, know, like if you sat on a panel with other pastors and you just called them that, like, what would be the point of that, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's um some of the things I've tried to like do to help when people come and okay, I wanna, I disagreed with you and da-da. just to give people the benefit of the doubt. Like they're not my enemy, sure, and they, and like they might be, but just give them the benefit of the doubt. Like I think, right. I think they're coming because they're actually like genuinely interested in sharing their point of view and hearing mine. So I try and go into those types of meetings or conversations with people, just giving them the benefit of the doubt, not assuming like, Oh, you're here to like try and destroy me or change my, it's Mm -hmm. just like, no, don't just go in in good faith. Um, and then I think I've, one of the things I've learned is to like, to listen genuinely, not to just, I'm, I'm listening, just waiting for my chance to like, destroy you (laughs) with with my point of view like people have come in and can i you know let's talk about gifts of the spirit let's talk about uh the the protests i want to share my point of view sure like Mm -hmm. and to actually genuinely be like i want to know what this person thinks Mm -hmm. i think that helps rather than like we're just bad at conversations i think because we're just like i just want my turn to like so that's the, something that's helped me. Like, I just want to genuinely hear your point of view. And, mm-hmm. um, and then sometimes I've had it where, um, I've had many, many conversations with people about the same thing. And you just get to a point where you're like, okay, I don't think you're actually right. We just, we just got to stop. Yeah. And that's okay. I think you give it time to like, let me hear your point of view, challenge my points of view. Okay. That's great. But there's been a few times where the individual keeps coming back with this. And I'm like, I actually don't think you're actually listening. Sure. You're just mad or whatever. So then it, I've had like once or twice where I'm like, we just, we just can't talk about this anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's so, yes, you, you can get to a place where you're like, we just have to stop because it's not beneficial. And I think that people forget that. And, and I, I'm thinking of a, a few times over the last number of years where you've actually come back to this, the pulpit and clarified something sure the yeah, following yeah. Sunday. And, and so I don't think people appreciate the layers of extra complexity that goes into public speaking that goes into standing at the front of a church. Yeah. Uh, the, the thoughts rolling through the mind, you know, where are my kids? What's my wife? You know, like, Oh, I never honoring, think about my kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, honoring God, <laughs> looking down at your notes, hoping the font's sure. big enough and let you not lose your spot. Like, there's so many of those extra layers that go into it. Or when you're writing a, a paper and, and for anyone that's been through post-secondary, I always joke, like go back to your first year and read what you thought was truth. Oh yeah, sure. sure. Read what you thought you knew. You know In what my mean? psychology 101 sure. class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's funny is that, you know, some professor probably stamped that an A, but right now you'd look at it being like, what a dummy. Like, what were you even thinking? Yeah. It, but it was affirmed. And I, I kind of joke too, uh, and I've done it on this podcast with you. Like if Paul were here today and someone said, man, your first letter ever, uh, is that what you really meant? And he's like, bro, like, how is that any different? It's Holy Spirit inspired. Sure. 
But we'd argue that the sermon is Holy Spirit inspired and that the time that goes into the prayerful consideration of what you're going to preach, well, it's the same Holy Spirit that was sitting with Paul writing those letters. Mm-hmm. The same, um, well, that's that tugs on that whole humanist <laughs> thing that people don't really like. Like, oh, it was it the same Holy Spirit inspiring Paul that inspires uh, you every week to prepare a sermon? Right. To say no, <laughs> that's an interesting <laughs> argument. Well, but it's different. It's different. It's different. Fair enough. But um, we see, yeah. And I've unpacked it once before, like the Luke and Paul tension of like, they're not disagreeing. They're just saying like, that's an option. You know, when Luke is reflecting, I can't remember what he was reflecting on, but Paul's writing and just, he kind of, um, oh, I should, I'll have to pull it out. But he just kind of said like, you know, essentially that's one way to think about it. Here's another option. Or I'm not sure where Paul was going with that idea, but um, I don't know. It's been happening. And you see pretty good discourse, even in the Bible uh, mm-hmm. conversation about like unpacking um, what they thought to be true. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Changing, uh, switching gears a little bit. Uh, I had a, a question this week about fasting. So someone essentially said like, what is fasting? Why do, why, why do we do it? Like it was, yeah, sorry. Maybe it wasn't so much what is it, but the question was like, why? Right. Why did why would we fast? So if you don't know, like fasting biblically is, um, fasting biblically is always about food. We are like, I'm gonna fast from social media, which is whatever. But fasting biblically is uh, choosing not to eat for a certain amount of time. Uh in order to try and accomplish a few different things. So like Jesus fasted 40 days, uh, Moses fasted. Um, you see a few times in the early church, it's like we fasted and prayed before making a big decision, uh, making a big decision. And so this person was just kind of like, what is, what is fasting supposed to do? Like, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Like, have you had in any, uh, it's a spiritual discipline. Like Jesus talks about fasting, in uh, the Sermon on the Mount, which is super interesting. So he's teaching his disciples and he says, and when you fast, uh, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Mm-hmm. And then he says, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father who's in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. So there's this, you know, fasting had become this like, oh, look at, I'm so hungry and uh, I remember and holy. It, it reminds me like when I first moved here, there was another guy in town and uh, another pastor in town. And he was just like, do you want to go and uh, have some lunch uh, at whole wheat and honey and get uh, to know each other? And sure. So we went and then I ordered and I'm like, aren't you getting anything? Oh, I'm actually fasting. And I was like, why, why did you ask me to go to lunch, man? So I'm like, I'm eating my sandwich and my soup and sure. he's just, I'm like, okay, well I'm going to eat. But, it had become that in Jesus. Did day. he get a little water at least? I think he got a water. Sure. Yeah, no ice because that's almost like eating. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it was just so funny. Like, but oh. in Jesus' day, it had become like. I think we're missing the mark. Like, I think of Jesus' day also, and I and I do appreciate those who look at fasting as the spiritual discipline of setting your flesh in a proper alignment over yes. your spirit and so we are often led by fleshly desires totally. and so if someone were to uh give up something that has been consuming or distracting them from from 
maybe their their devotional time or their prayer time, then I think that would be uh, super appropriate. Food in ancient times, like there were not, you know, several luxuries in life where they could just look at 15 options and be like, I'll choose food. Like totally. food was a pretty, that was pretty staple to everything that existed. Like we, I don't think we put ourselves we, we into the, the time where it's like a little more survivalistic than we have it right now. Yeah. But essentially it is just recognizing that flesh desire is something that's overcome your, your devotional prayer life and, and setting that aside. Yeah. And yeah, not parading it around. Like I can appreciate when people, um, I don't know. You shouldn't know about it. Like you shouldn't, yep. you, should, you shouldn't just not know about it. Which I laugh because I think I, when we preached through Matthew six years ago, I said, it makes me laugh that people will post on social media. Hey guys, just letting everyone know that I'm doing a social media fast. I'm like, you've already, <laughs> you've, You've ruined it. No, <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow. But it was interesting. I just read a, a interesting book called "Live No Lies" by John Mark Comer. Uh, it was there was some stuff that I'm like, man. But he talked about fasting as a way, exactly what you're saying. Like the Bible talks about that we have uh, three enemies as Christians: uh, the world, the devil, and the flesh, our own flesh. Sure. So he said one of the ways that you battle your own flesh is by fasting. Because I think I'd always heard it like, oh, fasting is just uh, for you to then, then you don't have to spend time preparing food and eating it. And you just spend that time reading your Bible and praying. I'm like, no. okay, okay, this I get that. horrible time management if you have to remove food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then yeah. Uh, he, he was saying that they're exactly what you said. Fasting is a way for you to tell your flesh, uh, you don't control me. Right. Because your flesh, like your body, is like, I need food every three hours. Bah, I'm going to die. And that's like, if you have kids, that's what they do. Like, I haven't had a snack for an hour. Yeah, I'm exactly. I'm starving. You're and, on a 40-day fast. Actually. Yeah, yeah. And we're, <laughs> so we're ruled by our flesh a lot. And so fasting is a way to say like, hey, flesh, I'm just reminding you, uh, Jesus controls me. You don't. That's right. So I'm actually not going to eat today. And then, and then, yes, use time to read your Bible and pray and spend time with Jesus. Totally. But that's not the point is like you're battling your flesh. Um, and you don't have to battle something that's not a battle. So food is like so secondary that it's irrelevant to you, but you're stuck in the news and the worry and social media. Yeah. Like that is probably the battle of the flesh that you need to address. Sure. Because um, it's the whole giving philosophy. Like if it doesn't mean anything to you to give it up, then it's not, it's not yeah. meaningful at all. Yeah. So if a fast can't just be lunch or dinner or food, and, it, and especially not if you have an eating disorder and that would actually yeah. physically ruin you. That's just not smart. But I know for me, I'm I'm probably most convicted of uh, social media. Like, sure. To be very vulnerable, like I, I'm trying to be much more mindful of it. It's funny because now I put my screen setting on Sunday mornings before church. So before church, I always get a ding. How was your screen this week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's how many hours you spent. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I booked my update to be at 8 o'clock in the morning on Sundays. And it's funny because now I'm in a bit of like, yeah, just a bit of a self-check. Like, okay, there's something I have yeah. to be mindful of. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't hurt to skip a few meals either, but it has to be. Uh, Mostly people, I always yeah. laugh because Lent, you know, Lent sure. is like 40 days of giving up something before yeah. Easter. And I was talking with David. Pancake our pa Tuesday. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> I, I, I uh, was talking to David, our pastor at Creekside in Dawson. 
And he, he actually had started doing this with his family every year. And he said, it's amazing how more prepared and aware we are for Easter after spending 40 days. So they, they give up sugar, oh, yeah. all sugar for 40 days. And he said, uh, that's hard. Sure. But then he says, I don't know, the last few years they've done it. When when you get to Good Friday and Easter, there's something about... And, and you know, you, you don't want to sound like mystical, but he's like, I don't know. It's like my my senses were heightened about mm. what Jesus went through because I had just given up a very small... So I always joke every Lent. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to give up cocaine this year. And they're like, oh, do you struggle? No. <laughs> so it's going to be a real easy Lent. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's meant to... You give up things... Um, that control you. Mm-hmm. And so many of us don't even think about it, but we are controlled by sugar. I need yeah. caffeine. I need sugar. And fasting is a way to say like, right, I want to remind myself that I am not controlled by these things. Like the interesting thing in that book that he was saying is we lo- often look at uh, Jesus fasting for 40 days before he goes to battle Satan in the desert. Cause he, his whole argument was like, there's actually a supernatural thing that a spiritual thing that happens with fasting. It strengthens you spiritually when you do it. Sure. Right. It's a discipline. It's a, it's just like other disciplines of Bible reading prayer. Mm-hmm. It strengthens you. So his point of view was we look at Jesus fasting for 40 days before his battle with Satan is as like it weakened him. Hmm. And he said, uh, opposite. Jesus fasted for 40 days. Think of how ready spiritually he was. Sure. And I went, oh man, I've never thought of it that way. Because we view fasting as it's this terrible thing and there's no benefits. You just have to suffer and do it. And he's like, no, it's actually really good for you to to fast. So he... It makes a lot of sense though. Because then when Jesus was tempted, he could easily quote scripture and he just and be like, like, I don't need it. Yep. Like I don't actually need that yep. anymore because I'm okay today. Yep. And I've been without for 40 days and I'm, I'm, I'm well. Yep. So totally. I don't need your gifts. I don't need your temptation. Totally. So I think we just view, I don't know. It's, I've been kind of wrestling through cause uh, if I'm, if I'm honest, fasting is not a regular part of my, I've done it in the past. You do sure. a day fast or a, a couple days and it's, it's always interesting and good, but it was just, yeah, I, I don't know. I think sometimes we view fasting as, oh, that's just the, that's the, that's the really crappy one that you have to do. And it's awful. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, if you actually viewed it as, uh, it actually strengthens you spiritually. So this, this author was saying he just, he does uh, w- one day a week. He just doesn't eat. Mm-hmm. And he said, he just made it a part of his every, you know, Wednesday is just the day that I fast. And he said, the first time I did it, I got nothing out of it. It was just kind of like, why am I doing this? Great. But he said, after several weeks of the rhythm of like, right, this is my fasting day. He's like, man, it was amazing. So I've just been really convicted of like, huh, maybe fasting is one of those disciplines that most Christians don't do regularly and we're missing out. Like maybe we are because Jesus seems to say like fast, do it this way and your father will reward you. Huh. Mm. So maybe there's like these spiritual be- benefits that come with fasting that mm. I'm missing out on because I'm just like, I love food too much. Yeah. <laughs> in the socioeconomic uh, climate we're in, you'll save money on your groceries. I'm like, hey kids, guess blessed. what? I got a new idea. <laughs> right. We only have to pay for six days of the that's week right. to eat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So maybe that's what Trudeau's doing. That's right. <laughs> He's making it so expensive so that we fast and grow spiritually. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, government. (laughs) 
So anyways, uh, maybe you're listening and uh, you've never thought about fasting. Mm-hmm. I would encourage you to look into it. And the guy that asked me that, he's like, maybe I'll try that. And I said, okay, like, because I heard someone, I read this or someone told me, he's like, when you begin to say, I want to try this, don't be like, I'm going to fast for five days. Right, no, right, right. you'll fail. You will fail. So I'm like, maybe this week it's like, I'm not, you know what? I'm going to skip lunch today. And that's good. Mm-hmm. And, and I told him most likely you won't get anything out of it the first couple of times. Cause you'll go like, I'm just hungry. Right. My stomach just hurts. But I think, and that's what I've been convicted of. Like maybe, it, maybe as you make it a regular discipline, maybe that's when it begins to do something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And maybe if you're listening and you have a testimony of how God has, um, blessed you through fasting, it'd be really neat to hear that. Yeah, also. totally. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah. So I think Cam has to go to work now. So, uh, that's right. Thank you, government. Yeah. <laughs> pay your taxes. But this, yeah, yeah pay your taxes. <laughs> yeah. Episode 130. And, uh, thanks for listening. We do hope that this is helpful to you. And, uh, like we said a couple times, please send us questions or things you want us to talk about. And, uh, we'll talk to you next time.